Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. Welcome to 2022. Today, I have with me Shay Prasad. He is a small business owner and a welding instructor in Canada. Shay, thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jess. Yeah, so I want to get to know you a little bit because you've already done a few videos with us and you're going to have more coming out. So give me a little background about how you got started in the welding industry. Like what was your education like and what made you want to get started? Yeah, for sure. So I've actually been welding now for about eight years. And uh, the first time I tried it was in high school. Before I tried it, I had pretty much no knowledge, no interest. I, I didn't know anything about welding. I just kind of tried it on a whim and uh, I instantly fell in love with it. So I practiced law in high school. From there, I applied to my local college, um, Algonquin, which is where I teach now as well. So I got into that program and that was a one year program, three semesters. And during that program, they taught us all the basic arc welding processes where I learned my MIG welding, my stick welding, my TIG welding. And after I completed that, um, I literally had a job while I was still in school because uh, I'm sure as you know, and a lot of people know, like there's so many jobs out there right now. So before I even graduated, I was already in a welding job. So uh, yeah, ever since then, uh, I've been working for myself and been teaching Algonquin and haven't looked back since. So what was like the first job like that you had out of school? Like what type of welding did you do and what type of jobs? Yeah, so the very first one I got into, it was actually a structural welding shop, which is uh, kind of funny because I don't really do structural welding anymore. But uh, the first job I did, it was pretty much all structural. I was doing most of the in-shop fabrication work. So I was doing a lot of the, uh, the beams and the posts and the different things that would be shipped out to site. And then um, I'd also go on site sometimes with the crew and we'd do the steel erection process. So that was my first job. And then I kind of slowly migrated into more of a custom fabrication sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I worked for a few different finishing shops, some uh, engineering firms where we did custom work. And uh, that's kind of what I do now for myself is mostly custom fabrication. So you've had your business for about five years. So it's fusion welding and fabrication. So whenever you first started that business, did you like, was that a slow process? Like how many years was it like that you finished school, you started working and then you made your own business? Like what made you want to change to have your own business? Yeah. So it, it kind of just happened as weird as it sounds. Uh, when I had my first job, I bought myself an engine drive welder, uh, Lincoln 255. And the whole thing was, I just wanted to start doing side jobs just kind of stuff on my own, little extra cash. Um, I didn't really know what it would turn into, but it just kind of continued and got bigger and bigger. Uh, I eventually had a partner that started working with me to kind of help me with my business and do some of the books and uh, get some bigger jobs. And it just got to the point where I had to decide whether I want and I decided to just go out on my own. Okay, that makes sense. So do you do jobs and do you have your own shop or do you do a lot of mobile jobs? 
Yeah, so it's about 50-50 what we do. Um, I do have my own fabrication shop, so we do a lot of fab work, but uh, I also have a welding truck as well. So uh, we do a lot of maintenance calls and repair work for that. Okay. And then as far as being a welding instructor, what programs do you guys have at your school? Yeah, so the main program we have right now, uh, what we call it is it's our welding and fabrications technique program. So it's a year long program. Now, what that means is we actually have three semesters. So you'll start um, in September and you'll go all the way to August. And what that program does is it really teaches you all the fundamentals of welding and uh, the fundamentals of arc welding specifically. We touch on some fabrication work, but coming out of that program, you should be confident with uh, stick process, MIG, as well as TIG. And we're really trying to set people up to join the workforce straight out of the program. Uh, the other one we started recently is a pre-apprentice uh, pre-apprenticeship program, and uh, it's actually funded by the government right now. So uh, it's a great program for people to get into because you actually apply for it, and then the government will pay for you to go through that program. Nice. So yeah. as, as a small business owner, has it been different for you? Because not every um, educator has their own business. So do you kind of take like personal experiences that you have on jobs? And then like, do you go into the classroom and like talk about that with your students so they have more like real life kind of application, like challenges? Oh, I, absolutely. You know, like welding is only one part of it, right? You know, we can only teach uh, so much of how to actually do the welding process. But me as well as, you know, all the other teachers, we really like to bring in our own experiences to it. You know, talking about the things that we've gone through, the different jobs we've had, and, uh, you know, a little bit of insight of what to expect when you get into that welding industry. You know, for me owning my business, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to talk to people about my business and uh, kind of the struggles I've had with it. And give people a little bit of insight into some different experiences that I've had personally. How much, of, like how many of your students would you say are interested in going to work like at a specific company versus that they want to have their own business like right off of the bat? I think most people when they first graduate, they're really interested in just getting a job with a company. Uh, personally for me, that's kind of what I recommend people. I know some people try and kind of go into it, uh, right out of school, but I really recommend getting some experience, you know, work for someone, kind of learn the ins and outs of it. And then, uh, if you want to start working for yourself, that's the time after you have that bit of experience. So what kind of jobs are like the most available, like right in your area? So somebody that completes your program, what types of companies are they most likely going to get a job at, like right there by you? Yeah, so in Ottawa, the two industries I see the most is kind of the custom fabrication industry. So uh, that's kind of what I deal in, doing a lot more decorative things or handrailings or things for engineering firms, uh, prototypes, stuff like that. And then the other big side of it is uh, structural industry. Yeah, Ottawa right now is really expanding. We have a really big structural industry. Uh, I know the iron workers, especially, have been trying to hire people nonstop because there's just so much work right now. So those are the two industries um, I see the most and kind of what I tell my students. If you are planning on staying in Ottawa, these are the two industries you're going to want to target. Okay, so let's talk about all these injuries you keep getting. So you, yeah. have, 
broken arm right now but I saw I'm not that bad well you have on your Instagram page like your whole eye is like wrapped up and I was like man he's like getting hurt a lot I have to ask him what's going on <laughs> it, it, it does happen um, well what I always tell people is you know as safe as you try to be things do happen and uh you know not not that I ever want to discourage anyone from getting into the welding industry or the metalworking industry because uh, it is an awesome industry. I love what I do, but uh, there are a lot of hazards involved and you're really going to pay attention. Um, as you know, right after that safety video I did, I broke my wrist. And, you know, it was just, I was drilling a hole and it was just kind of a freak accident, but that's, that's what happens. And when accidents happen, they happen so quick, you don't usually have time to react. So, yeah. and maybe I'm just really unlucky. I don't know. you just don't I mean it's an accident so you can't foresee it coming or else it would not happen you know oh exactly right so let's talk about um the differences so obviously in the United States we have the American Welding Society and then in Canada you have the CWB can you Mm -hmm. speak to like any differences or if it's mostly similarities, like between the two, like as far as like the certification process, like I know you guys call them tickets instead of certs, like for different jobs and stuff like that. But what else can you speak to as far as like differences or similarities between the two? Yeah, for sure. So what we use in Canada is we use CWB, that's the Canadian Welding Bureau. And those are the guys that will actually give us our welding tickets. Uh, as far as what they do and how we get them, it's actually very similar to um, the AWS or the American Welding uh, Certifications. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar test. You will notice for the actual plate test, it's a little different. Usually for the, uh, well, not usually, for the AWS, you guys have the, the double V. What we have is actually called a 1GF. So it's a straight 90 degree plate. And then on the other side, it's a bevel. And uh, then you just fill it up the same way and bend it. But other than that, it's actually very similar. Our our tests are quite similar. And uh, the way we test is very similar as well. So question for you, whenever people, because I'm just curious to know like how this is up there, is that if you get a ticket for a certain process or procedure and like you work at one company, if you go to another company and you have a ticket in that process, do you have to retest at every company you go to? Or once you have that ticket, is it good for that process? Yeah, so the welding tickets we have, they are transferable from a company to company. Of course, they're only transferable to CWB companies. So say if I have all my CWB certifications and I'm working for a CWB certified company, if I move to another company that is not CWB certified, my tickets are no longer valid. Mm-hmm. I can still have them, but I cannot weld in those CWB procedures anymore because the shop I'm working under is not certified for that. And then do you have to renew them? Like, how does that work up there? Yeah. So the way it works is uh, for every for every process, we have our four positions, the uh, 1G, 2G, 3G, and 4G, just like you guys do. So every two years, you have to renew your tickets. Now, if you have your old position in any of those processes, what you have to do is just a check test. And that check test is going to renew all of those tickets for that process. Now, if you have your check test and you do fail it, 
then you have to restart again and you have to do all your positions to get your old position ticket. So as long as you have your old position, you only have to do the check test. If not, you have to renew all your tickets every two years. Okay. That's an interesting process. Yeah. Is that how you guys have it too? Or? I don't know. From what I'm understanding is actually that it's, somebody else is going to have to clarify this for me. Maybe somebody even listening is that I heard that even if you get like a certification in a process, if you go to a company that it's not transferable, that you'll have to like test again, like to that company's like procedure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's like what I was hearing. I talked to somebody about it a couple months ago and that's how they explained it to me. But I wonder if it's like how you said, like a CWB, like accredited kind of place. And I wonder if they were maybe not working at like an AWS related company. Do you know, know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'll yeah, for sure. what that is, because that's what I was trying to get from you. I wanted to get like how it goes up there. And then I want to confirm how it is down here. And I want to see the similarities and differences. So it's just something that I'm going to have to look into. Yeah, I know for sure. For, from everyone I've talked to, they say like the AWS and the CWB, they're just so similar. And like, I've known people that have come from the States and welded here. I know people that have gone from Canada and welded in the States. And I, I've never heard of anyone having a hard time yeah. kind of going back and forth because they are just so similar. Yeah, especially with pipe welding, right? Because isn't there like a huge opportunity for pipe welding up in Canada too, right? Yeah, it depends on the location. Canada's kind of interesting because all of our provinces, we have very different uh, industries. So pipe welding is really big out west in Alberta and BC. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Ontario, where I live, we do have pipe welding. It's getting a little bigger, but uh, it's not near as popular because um, we don't have a big pipeline going through Ontario or anything. So it's mostly doing pipes and buildings and uh, sprinkler systems. New year, new Lincoln. Attention, everyone. The Weld.com promo codes for Lincoln Electric have been extended through 2022. You can go to their online store, which is store.lincolnelectric.com, and you can use promo codes Weld.com10 for 10% off equipment, and Weld.com20 for 20% off of gear and accessories. Weld.com is spelled out W-E-L-D-D-O-T-C-O-M. Interesting. Yeah. So now that you've had um, a few videos that you've done for us and stuff, I know that a lot of people that watch our videos, they think it's easy you know they think that whenever they watch it they're watching a 10 minute video that like that's like I mean obviously they can see that some parts are edited or whatever but I think what people don't realize is like how long of footage that it takes to get like a 10 minute video what would you want to share about like the process as to like what you thought it was going to be versus like what it really is (laughs) I I think the biggest thing uh, is you really want to plan everything you know know exactly what you're going to say know when you're going to do things you know when am I going to do this segment when am I going to do this because when you got the camera rolling and you're trying to remember everything for me anyways I just forget everything and then you start to ramble you forget things and then it's just reshooting and reshooting over and over again so for me the biggest thing was I just had to plan everything out because uh yeah it's hard to remember things when you're on the spot Right. Oh yeah. It happened to me too. Whenever they 
put me on the spot whenever I was down in Florida at the beginning of last year and our one instructor was there and they wanted me to interview him for his uh, program at his school and they put that mic pack on me. I'm not joking you, Shay. I literally started getting sweaty. I felt like I was pass <laughs> out. And all the cameras were on us. So like down there, like we have like a production crew at the weld.com facility in Florida. And Andrew, the camera guy, he literally had like three cameras set up at all different angles. And I'm thinking like, I don't like where that one is. And then, the, then like, there was like a light thing. They had this microphone pack on me. I started, I was like, oh my God, I, I would not be able to do this every day. <laughs> I, see, I'm in my shop completely alone with a camera on me and I'm still nervous. I'm like, why am I nervous? I'm completely alone right now. <laughs> well, cause you don't want to have to do it again. That's what I think. Like whenever we do any kind of video I'm like oh man I want to nail this the first time we did get that interview though straight through the first time and we didn't have to reshoot it and I kind of looked like thank god but I kind of blacked out like I didn't yeah. anything <laughs> I said and I watched it back and I was like doing this weird thing with my hand on the table like I had my hand like I thought that it like but then like, once you like put it there, you got to kind of like keep it there and like kind of commit to it. And I'm like, why do I have my hand here this whole time? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a thousand things going through your mind at once. <laughs> yeah, like it's like once you like take a position, you kind of like can't like move around too much. So I was like, oh my God, next time, maybe we need to sit down or have something more casual if I'm ever in another video. Yeah, no, for sure. But no, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I love doing the videos. It's, you know, I like what I do. So it's great to be able to talk about what I do and, you know, give some insight to people that are interested in it. So at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we have plenty of ideas too. Like I sent you a list of video ideas that we have that like nobody's really picked yet as far as like hosts go. But we are looking for ideas, not only from our current guest hosts and educators like Shay, but anybody listening, if you guys have a really good idea for a video that you would like to see from us, please, you can email me anytime you just, it's just Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-M at weld.com you can just email me and say you know video request and tell me like what it is you're looking for if it's something that might help your students or if you are a student or if you're a hobbyist or just something that you would like to see from um, somebody on our team let us know and then also Shay you know the process of becoming you know a host with us and how that is we're actually looking to bring on 40 new people this year because we really want to have a variety of people within the welding community and we want to be bringing you people with all different backgrounds expertise different perspectives like we could have probably every single instructor we have teach you the basics of MIG welding or how to overhead stick weld and I guarantee you they're going to have different ways of doing things and maybe one of them just so happened that clicks with you so we really want to keep working on building a team that wants to give back to the community so if you are interested or if you know someone anybody who's listening if you guys have a teacher that you're like man you should make videos 
or if you're a welder or a fabricator and you maybe have a small business and you feel like you have some tips that you could share with others on how to get started, reach out to us, um, refer those people to us because we are holding kind of like an open audition thing. And um, we have a call and we talk to them. We fill them in on, you know, what the process is, what the content kind of needs to look like, always wearing PPE. Right, Shay? Oh, always, always. No welding on wood? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to hold that one against me forever. <laughs> We're going to hold it against you forever, yeah. Vess, well, Vess is Vess's fault. She's the one who told, she told me about it, so, yeah. Uh, every time it comes up, I'm like, I know, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You're not the only one to do it. Sean did it before. Sean. Oh, no way. No, actually, what he was doing was he was grinding with cardboard boxes under his table. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is that not a fire hazard? And they're like, yeah, we can't do that. I was like, oh, my God, now he has to reshoot that. But yeah, so it's like little things like that when you're making videos, right? You're not it's if it's something you do every single day, you're not really thinking about it, right? No, for sure. Like, you know, it, it's no excuse and we we do try our best to be safe, but it's like what you said, when you do it day in and day out, you just forget things after a while, but you, you do got to pay attention because, you know, you got to protect yourself. That's why we have the Johnny Knoxville disclaimer at the beginning of every video. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Every time I see the big warning come up, I'm like, oh, I put to the evening. Oh, and I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. Yeah, yeah. It scares me. I'm like, what trade am I in? We need this. This is crazy. Yeah, I've been a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, it's scary, right? What's um one of like the scariest things that you've ever had to do, like being a welder? Was there ever a job that you were you like really high up somewhere or something that was just super scary for you to do, like that you weren't sure if it was gonna be okay when you started it? Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever had any that have been like particularly scary. I, I'm pretty good with heights and we're good with, you know, harnesses and everything. Mm -hmm. So whenever we do anything up high, I'm actually pretty comfortable because of how safe I feel. Mm -hmm. I've had quite a few jobs, especially when I was starting out where I wasn't scared, but I was definitely very nervous going into it because I was still new to, you know, working for myself. And at one point I was still very new to the trade as well. So I wanted to take on these jobs, but it, it was very nerve wracking in the beginning because, uh, you know, you don't want to ruin your name and you don't want to, uh, you know, piss off clients that early in the game. Sure. So I, I don't think I've ever had anything where I was super scared, but definitely a lot of uh, very nerve wracking experiences. So how do you feel you've been able to balance being um, a teacher and then having your own business? So how do you divide your time? Yeah, it, it's been pretty tricky. It's something I still have to work on just because of, uh, you know, it's hard to make that balance. For me, it all comes back to scheduling. Like you have to schedule everything. You have to know all the jobs you have. You have to have dates for when they're going to happen. Because uh, as soon as things start to get away from you, it's, it's just a snowball effect, right? So uh, all my jobs, I, I plan months in advance just so I know exactly when things are going to happen. And uh, if I didn't, it would just be a disaster. Yeah. So is your school in session right now? 
Yeah, so we're just getting off of the uh, Christmas break right now. So uh, I think we have one program, the pre-apprenticeship program going on right now. And then next week we start our uh, full-time welding program. Nice. Do you know yeah. of any like projects or anything that like this class, like, do you have anything planned for them to work on like as a class project or do you guys not do that type of stuff? Yeah, every semester we usually try and find something. Uh, it's pretty good. The school's really good about um, the teachers kind of figuring it out. So we've done like barbecues in the past and uh, we have one teacher made a go-kart. Uh, I've been trying to convince them to let me make a smoker for some time. Mm-hmm. But uh, every semester we try and find something just to, you know, make it a little more entertaining than uh, welding plates all day. Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's sometimes how I feel like whenever we're planning like video ideas, I say, guys, can we please come up with something other than welding the coupons? Yeah. Because yeah, like, you have sure. to have like an entertainment kind of aspect too. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be watching the same thing over and over again. Like I just talked to, um, one of our new hosts too he has a small business and they actually specialize like in spiral staircases and i was like oh, that's wow. awesome because like we haven't had anybody do that so i was like film like some of you in the field like you know getting the plans together and starting the process but then like you could have a part of it in the shop focusing like on the weld process but then the video can show the whole project, you know what I mean? Because that will be interesting to people. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And like for so long, like there's so many welding channels out there now. And it just feels like for a lot of them, it's the same thing. Just, yeah. This is how we weld this position on this plate. And it just gets so dull after a while. So it's nice that, uh, you know, we're starting to see things mixed up a bit, a little more fab work. That's always nice to see. Yes, for sure. Definitely more fabrication skills, different types of projects, how to type things and not just how to pass, you know, a weld cert. Because no, exactly. at the end of the day, that's only the beginning of your welding journey. Once you get out there, you're kind of like, what now? Right. So we yeah. want to help with more of that. So I'm really excited. I'm glad you got to come on the podcast. Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our schedules weren't lining up there for like a couple of months, but then I finally got you because you're in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Like, it's the only good thing that's yeah, about that having COVID. <laughs> yeah, the only good thing from having COVID, yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, make sure that you check out the membership section of our YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube, type in weld.com and then you hit the membership tab, you can join as a member now. And by doing so, you can get um, exclusive member perks, including after the first month, they send you a welcome package and there's some slaps in there and we're gonna be doing some other fun stuff this year. So yeah, until next time, I will talk to you guys again next week and thanks for coming on, Shay. Awesome, thanks, Jess.